0: Our passage is a different one than what's mentioned there. It's um, a very good passage, and we'll get to that one one day. It's just not today. As I was thinking about this in-between time of Christmas and headed toward Epiphany, and then as a church, you know, we close out one year and try and open up. We transition with leaders. I thought back to when I was a kid and on the playground, I don't know what playgrounds are like for you, but basically for us, it was just a field with rocks and dirt and glass. And, and apparently nobody got hurt, but parents feeling bad about the lack of time they had to spend with us, wanted to give us something fun, and so they put in things like monkey bars. And monkey bars are great once you've done it a lot, but it's high enough off the ground and so that you can get about halfway and then you can just hold on as long as you want, but sooner or later, gravity is gonna win and you're gonna fall. That never happened before. There were swings, and swings are great. You could sit on your belly, you could spin around, and then you could go. There just never was really training about how do you play tag when there's are swings. Somebody's always running in front of somebody else. That never happened before. And then there was the, you know, the seesaw, which, you know, worked fine when you're working as a partnership until your friend decided they wanted to go to the swings and didn't give you a heads up, so you went bottom down. And then finally there was that thing which I think they were out to get us at this point when this came in, it was that thing that just kind of spun. And so you would sit on it and you would just spin around and around and around and around. And then just show everybody what you had for breakfast. That spinning around and around and around is kind of what I was feeling like this week. And I thought, well, what... What do you preach on when you can't really top Christmas and the choir and everybody's bringing their A game and so that makes it harder on a preacher? So I thought, let's go back to the core. And so I wanted to go back before the Christmas stories and before the Gospels to Micah chapter 6, which is that wonderful passage, Micah 6, 1-8. through eight. And it's really sort of a courtroom Setting. And so I'm going to read it to you that way, and I'm going to add a little bit of just setting. So imagine a bailiff comes in and speaks to the courtroom. Hear what the Lord says. Rise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear, you mountains, the controversy of the Lord, and you enduring foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a controversy with his people, and he will contend with Israel. And then God speaks. O oh, my people, what have I done to you? And what have I wearied you? Answer me, for I brought you up from the land of Egypt. I redeemed you from the house of slavery. I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O oh, my people, remember now what King Balak of Moab devised, what Balaam son of Beor, answered him, and what happened from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the saving acts of the Lord. And then Israel speaks, recognizing their guilt, not knowing what to do. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? And the judge declares what God wants as if it should have been obvious. He has told you, O oh mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? Friends, this is the Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, In order to make our Christmas complete, Nate and I went over to the video game store for a missing piece. Nate got out to go in and we have a new puppy named Dabo. (laughs) So this is going to be my man's best friend. So I, I have the puppy in the car and I watch as Nate gets out and he goes and he's... And there are two guys there, very, very good looking young guys. And I saw them approach the Nate, and you know, as a parent, you want to know who's talking to your kid. And it was two avenues, street corner preachers. And so I couldn't hear it, but I decided I'd sit and watch. And it went on for quite some time, and I laughed. Because I could have gotten out and then we'd have gotten in a... I'd have just been playing mind games at that point. It wouldn't have been sincere because I wanted him to hurry up so we could go back and play video games. But there is that sense and the message that I understand he got was just how bad off we are. That sense of sin that we are all guilty and begin as sinners. Sinners. I love. There's a story about a famous king in Russia that decided to visit the jail in his country, and so he had, uh, you know, a kingly type seat. And one by one, they came up, and he said, "Why are you here?" And one after one, they said, I, "It is. I was framed. I didn't do what they said I did. It was really some other guy named Boris. I don't know." And one after one, they came up, and they just kept protesting. And he said, "Thank you," and sent them on their way. And finally. There was one guy sitting in the empty room, and the king sent his uh, guard. He said, hey, bring that guy up here. And then the guy came up and he said, why are you here? He said, your majesty, I'm here because I did everything they said I did. I stole. I, I did so much. And everything they said I did, I did it and more. And the king looked at his soldier and he said, take this guy and get him out of here. We cannot have this guilty man corrupting all these innocent people. (laughs) In Romans 3, Paul says that the one trait we all share in common as humans is there's no distinction since all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So for us to seek justice, As we are told, we cannot begin as if evil is something totally removed from ourselves. We cannot begin as if we, even though we may not have done certain things, we have many things we didn't do that we could have, and we just don't know. The 12-step groups that meet in our facility, we can learn a lot from, because as I, I have a friend in Nashville who's 20 years sober, and we were talking about Um, people downtown drinking from mouthwash bottles, and he said, I have not gotten there yet. He didn't separate himself. He didn't talk about how bad they were. He just said, no, I'm not there today. Might get there. That was very awakening for me. It took away the shame of whatever the problem is and just recognized it as a human challenge. Because you see, we're not just sinners. And so we don't just seek justice as sinners, but as forgiven sinners. God says to them, what more do I have to do for you? I got you out of slavery. I I protected you. I put you together as a people. What more do I have to do to show that I love you? Pay attention. The Ten Commandments didn't come until after the deliverance. It wasn't do these commandments and then maybe I'll get you out. It was I love you. Now if you're going to live together, try and do this. We don't just approach justice as sinners, but as forgiven sinners. In Matthew 18, Jesus tells this story. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. And when he began the reckoning, the one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and children and all his possessions in payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity... The Lord of that slave released him and forgave him. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him by the throat, he said, pay what you owe. And his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. But he refused, and he went and threw him into prison until he could pay the debt. And when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. But the Lord summoned him and said, you wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in his anger, the Lord handed him over to be tortured until he could pay his entire debt. That's a pretty hard system. You can't pay a debt so you get thrown into prison where you can't work. Until you can pay the debt or you get tortured. That's a terrible system. But what the servant didn't get was that as somebody who's been forgiven a debt, he should go and give others grace. He should go and share with him the grace that he received, not because he's that good, but because God is. So let me tell you where we are and then let me take us to the place, the new place. So we seek justice as sinners knowing we can't look for evil totally outside ourselves or outside our group. We seek justice as forgiven sinners called to give mercy as we've been given mercy and we seek justice not left to remain living as sinners. And so what this puts for us is what we mention in the concerns is a hope for those we care about, but also a hope for the world. That the world as is is not something we can be satisfied with. And so the way we will realize that to change the world doesn't come from being punitive. It comes from being, well, like God. And to do as God said, to seek justice, love, kindness, or mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Justice comes as we seek to do things with kindness and with mercy. The word used here in Micah is often translated justice, but it's really righteousness and living rightly. So let me contrast Machiavelli and Plato. Plato. Machiavelli was a prince and he saw as being a prince the main job was to protect the nation and so he redefined virtue. For Machiavelli, virtue meant doing whatever it takes to protect the state. An action was not judged by an outside standard of morality but the action was judged by success. And that's where the line comes. The ends. Success justify what you had to do to get there. But Plato talked about a purity of soul, which means that not the ends justify the means, but the means are the ends. The people of Israel were guilty and felt bad about who they were not. And God said, or the judge said, it's been obvious. You cannot pay for your debt and sacrifices, and that was never the point. Punishment is not what God believes in, it's what we believe in. God wipes debts clean and says, now go live differently. Seek justice, love kindness, walk humbly with your God. So when you think about justice, think about being in right relationship. And when you do so, perhaps a better way of thinking about sin is a way of thinking about what it means to be human. And what it means to be human is that we get confused, that we make mistakes, that we get lost, that we stumble again and again and again, just because that's what it means to grow. So as you are trying to figure out life, don't make it more complex. Obviously, God does God's job, so quit trying to do that job on others. And instead, seek justice, love kindness, walk humbly with your God. Give people the grace. Yes, justice requires action. Yes, responsibility is part of what it means to be an adult and to be a member of society. Accountability is something that is required. But these are all things that mature people seek for themselves. Calvin and I have a relationship. It's Calvin's word. Everybody needs an accountability partner. You used that at FCA over here when we went to Keetron for FCA, and then we just kind of realized that's the role we play for each other, but that's the role we are to play. Accountability so that we can grow. Accountability so that we can be able to respond or responsible for our choices. And then learn and make better ones. Accountability so that we can learn to have self-respect and respect for those we live with. Accountability so that the justice is something that is needed in the world means that we will live in right relationship with one another as God has called us to that we will live in right relationship with God. For what other way is there to live other than weeping and gnashing of teeth? What does the Lord require of us? Seek justice, love, kindness, and walk humbly with God. And the kingdom will happen. Guaranteed. Let us pray. God, we would ask for your kingdom for Christmas, but your kingdom has come and has been declared to be a reality. Now it is our job to live it into being. So God, humbly, we have come and we lift our voices, seeking your kingdom, praying as we were taught, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.